on somebody clap your hands like you got the victory let the devil hear you let your neighbor hear you let all hell know that you got your mind made up that you're not turning back giving up or letting down anybody got their minds made up today nothing's gonna separate me from the love of God Ooh, somebody shout hallelujah amen man I like what I feel I feel what I like in Arkansas we used to sing a song the devil's in the phone booth I don't know if y'all know anything about that dial in 911 that's the spirit I feel in this house somebody came to have church today somebody came with a made-up mind it doesn't matter what I'm facing it doesn't matter what I'm going through. Devil, you've got a fight on your hands. I refuse to give in. I refuse to give up. I refuse to quit. It may get tough, but my God is bigger than my situation. My God is bigger than my circumstance. My God is bigger than my problem. i got my mind made up that there is nothing that can stop me in the house of God. Mm. Devil's trying to dial those numbers because somebody came with business on their mind to give God praise. I would like for my wife to come. You can be seated. Man, I feel good. I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm around my home chickens tonight. Brother, man, I, 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 I want to give honor to the first family. Boy, I, I do feel at home, Brother Bradford. My God. My wife is saying, oh, mule, oh, mule, oh, mule. But I, I feel like I know quite a few of you guys, so thankful for the opportunity to be here. I want to say I do love and honor the Bradford and his family, Sister Bradford. I think I met Peyton. Uh, I know there's more to the story, but I want to honor the first family and give honor to the bishop, Frost and Sister Frost. Love y'all and such an inspiration to me to see this church going on through the storm, through the rain. You've just been, you've been faithful. You've been a lighthouse in a city that's so dark and we are grateful, grateful beyond measure to come here and get acquainted with you all. I asked my wife to sing because I am, I am nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I don't know why. I, it's not like I don't preach, but my God, we hadn't preached in a, went out in a while. Uh, we've just been hunkered down there and trying to build a church. And this last year or so, I was telling Pastor Bradford that, you know, we just made up in our minds. We just, we just want to focus on our family and focus on our church. I want to I wanna hair up the devil. The devil says we can't make it. He says that, uh, it's impossible, and I just want to get in here and get dirty and dig deep. And, and we had to get some people out the building before Jesus could come in. We had to, to remove some naysayers that said the church would fall and the church would falter. But here we are in the midst of COVID, and God is still helping us. God is still keeping us. And I am grateful. Man, there's no telling what can happen if you'll get the naysayers out of your life. God will give you a miracle. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. Those that don't believe in you, get them out of your life. Those that want to stop you from coming to this church, get them out of your life. Tell them you're in the right place at the right time. This is what God called you. Hear me, this is what God called you. Woo. Sing, baby, sing. I can't help you because I got to give you the microphone. I love my, I feel at home, Brother Bradford, I'm sorry. I love my wife. We, we, are, we, are, we are country folk, but uh, man, God pulled us to the big city. And uh, she's just following me all around the world, and I'm grateful for her. 
my family. You know, we, we left our home. We left everything, Brother Bradford. When we got married 20 years, 20 years ago, something like that, 18 years ago, uh, we was dating. We were dating. We were dating. We've been, we've been hollering at each other for 20 years. But anyway, I told her, because I, 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 I come from a background of drugs and gangs and all of that, and I've seen a lot of crazy stuff, but our, our family was influenced by the city of Compton. My brothers uh, were gang members and, and drug pushers, Brother Bradford. I, I, I spent many of, many of weekends watching the cops kick our door in and, and, and watching us on the news and, and them pulling my brothers and all of his friends out and taking them. I can remember the first time that I was thrown to the ground and cuffed. Uh, I was nine years old and they pulled us out and they had a drug bust at our home and the cop put the handcuffs on me and he said, how old are you? And I said, I'm nine. And I can remember, remember him very upset at my family saying, here it is, a nine-year-old and we have to handcuff him because we don't know if he's got a pistol or not. And one of my brothers went to prison, got out of prison, make a long story short. And, uh, he got baptized in Jesus' name, got full of the Holy Ghost, and left that old lifestyle, started working at Denny's, making hundreds of dollars a night. He threw it all away and started working at Denny's. And um, he, he got me to come into church, and I got the Holy Ghost and started loving it. And at that time, at that time, I thought I was bigger than life itself, Brother Bradford. I was a teenager. I was, my brothers protected me. They protected me from that lifestyle because uh, I was good at sports. And I, I played football and basketball and had all kind of trophies and all this. And I can remember, I can remember uh, getting in church, Brother Bradford, and at that time, at that time, um, we had just played in Little Rock, and I was number, I was number two in the, in the state, the state tournament, and I can remember when my brother invited me to church, and I got the Holy Ghost, um, how it was an uproar, and people was telling me, you know, you're messing up your life if you dedicate your life to God. You, you can make millions playing sports. And at that time, Coach Nolan Richardson was the head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks, and his nephew was the coach of Arkansas High. And he sent word to my brother that if I would just stay in school, that they would get me everything I needed, and I would uh, have a scholarship, and all this stuff was paid for. And I can remember when I stepped into an apostolic church and heard the word of God for the first time, and I felt something that I had never felt in the world. I, I, I had been high before Brother Bradford, and, and I knew how it was when I scored a touchdown and people yelled my name, but I didn't feel what I felt when I went to an old-fashioned apostolic altar and repented of my sins. There's nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. And I can remember I told my wife when I got in church, I said, babe, God's going to call me to preach and we're going to go to Compton. And she looked at me like I was crazy. She looked at me like I had lost my mind. But here we are. We left our home, a home that we was buying. We left everything and we moved into a 900 square foot apartment because we wanted to do the work of God. Because we wanted to do the work of God. And I'm telling you, if you'll put your trust and your faith in God, God will carry you through the storm and through the rain and through everything that you go through. God has given us the victory. Be quiet folks commanded, just go home and leave us alone. But he said, how can you be quiet when there's fire down in your bones? Cause it's just like fire and it shut up in my bones. 
Well, now feel this holy boldness. He was born to prophesy. The prophet Jeremiah would lift up his voice and cry. Be quiet, folks commanded. Just go home and leave us alone. But he said, how can you be quiet when there's fire down in your bones? Cause it's just like fire and it shut up in my bones. It's like fire and it just like fire and it well it's the Holy Ghost fire shut up in my bones. Well now Jerusalem was shaking cause Pentecost had arrived. There was an upper room party. They were praying and prophesied. Then Peter stood among them and said, there is just no doubt this Holy Ghost fire will make you want to shout. Cause it's just like Get up in debt because you dance and shout. They'll say that's too much commotion, too much moving about. Well, don't tell us to be quiet or go sit down in our pew. Because if you felt what we felt, you would be shouting too. Cause it's just like fire. And Shout hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout like you got the victory right now. Is there anybody full of the Holy Ghost that's in this house? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's just like fire. Shut up in my bones. I'm telling you, there is nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing. You can be seated. I can take the place of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I... I am so honored and grateful that God would choose me and to serve him. And there is nothing like knowing that everything is going to be all right. Nothing like knowing that regardless of how it all unfolds, I know that God has everything in control. Anybody know about that today? I uh, am speechless at a loss for words to, to know that God would, would choose a country boy like me, man, that 
had nothing going for himself to preach this glorious gospel. And I am honored, Brother Bradford, for the opportunity. I mean, I don't take it lightly. I mean, I am grateful. I know that this is a church that is known all around the world. And I, um, Brother Bradford called me and asked me to preach. You know, you, you uh, just think, man, you, you're going to Bakersville. It's an awesome church. And you want to uh, pull out your best message. So I said, I got to make a masterpiece. And so, so I pulled out my T.D. Jakes archives and pulled some of his excerpts and then I put Cody Marks in and got a couple of his great sayings and then listened to, there's more to it than uh, Acts 2.38, got a couple of them and Lee Stone King just picked out a couple of things and tried to mush it all together but it just didn't work, just didn't work. So I just got cornbread and pinto beans tonight. <laughs> but I prayed. I've prayed, and I know that there's somebody in here that needs a word from God, and I promise you God's going to talk to you tonight. God's going to talk to you tonight because he loves you, and he cares about what you're going through. You're not alone. You're not alone. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 6, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me there. And I want to say it's so good to see Brother Casey and, and uh, Brother Brock and um, my good friend Cosman. Amen. And see, I told you I knew some people around here. Man, we are family. Man, so good to see them. I want to give honor to all the ministry, all the men uh, that are here today. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 24. Actually, I'm just going to read, I'm going to read one, one scripture, two scriptures to kind of redeem the time today. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 33, verse 33. This was a trial that they were facing because of time. I'm just going to kind of set a fast foundation. But 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 33, it says, And while yet spake with them, behold, the messenger came down to him and said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any longer? There was a messenger sent, a messenger that was discouraged, a messenger that was tired of the battle, a messenger that was weary, someone that had been trusting God for a long time, only to see the prayers go up in smoke, only to see the, their hopes and dreams falter by a famine, and he couldn't take it any longer. And so he went to the man of God, and basically what he said was, why? should I wait on God any longer? Let's pray tonight. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God. Thank you for your people, God. We thank you for your spirit that we feel in this house. I am praying that you would give us an ear to hear and a heart to receive your word. God, I need your help. I need your grace. Can't do it without you. Help us tonight, God, and we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray and somebody say amen. amen. Somebody else say amen. Amen. You can be seated. Man, why should I wait on God any longer? I want to talk about a word, just a word. I feel like God has put on my heart. But it's more than just a word to someone in here. It's an attitude. It's a mindset that God's wanting someone to, to grasp and to hold on to. But I want to preach on a word called stickability. Stick. Ability. In studying 
I realized that there is almost 400 words that end with the word ability. And that word simply, it only, it simply means the quality or state of being able. It means the power to perform. It just means being able to do it. So if you can eat real well, eat ability. You can jump real high, jump ability. I don't know, just, just 400 words that end with the word ability. Availability, that's a good one. Accountability, how many like that one? There are so many that end with ability, but when I came across the word stickability, it just stuck out to me. It stuck out because of the meaning. It means the ability to stick it out or to endure the elements that try to separate you from your base. It means to stick it out. It means to be able to withstand the elements that tries to pull you away from that that you need more than anything, that tries to pluck you from your base. And I want to talk about being able to stick it out when the devil tries to pull you from the house of God, when the devil tries to pull you from the men of God and from the people of God. There is something that we need, and it is a mindset that says, devil, I don't care what I'm facing. I'm sticking it out. It doesn't matter what's going my way. I'm sticking it out. I'm not running when it gets tough. I'm not backsliding because it gets hard. I know things are not going right in my life, but I'm sticking it out. I refuse to allow the devil to knock me out of my base, to pull me away from those that love me the most. I refuse to allow the devil to pull me away from them that's been praying for me, that's been fasting for me, that love me. I want somebody in here to know that there is a mentality that God wants you to have. And it is that, hey, regardless of what comes my way, nothing's going to separate me from God's love or God's church or God's people or God's man or God's spirit. Apostle Paul said it like this. He said it like this. He said, I'm persuaded. I am persuaded that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. I am persuaded that uh, death or, or life or angels or principalities or powers or things present or things to come, nor height, nor death, nor creature shall be able to separate me from the love of Christ. Apostle Paul understood uh, that there was something about being able to endure uh, when things come your way to pull you from your base. I don't know about you, but I was floating around this life looking for a place to land. Pastor Bradford, seeing my brothers in drugs and, in, and, and gangs and seeing my mom go through what she was going through. I remember nights and nights, uh, Brother Bradford, of going to my mom's door and watching her as she's weeping and crying because she don't know if her boys are going to come home that night. Uh, I can remember the times uh, of the fights and the arguments uh, and, and, and all the gruesome things that I've seen. And it just seemed like we was just floating. Just floating. No base. I remember, remember the night as a young boy when they were having a party and, and, and they came over and they gave me a beer. Just a kid. And they said, I want you to drink it and I don't want you to stop until it's all gone. I can remember Bradford how I began to drink that beer and everybody was there laughing and they said he's going to be just like his brothers. He's going to be just like his daddy. Yep, he's going to be a drunk. He's going to be able to put him down. He's going to be able to party with the best of them. Man, his life is already laid out for him. 
I can remember moving from apartment to house with, with, with no base. No, n- nothing that I can feel comfortable or feel secure in. But one night, one night, December 31st, 1998, when I stepped into an apostolic church and I seen a man preaching with those blue eyes, those big fingers, and he wasn't afraid of my gang lifestyle. He wasn't intimidated with my brothers. Looked me in the eyes with love and told me, you gotta repent of your sins. Gotta get baptized in Jesus' name. Jesus loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And he wants to give you something that's stable. He wants to give you something that won't leave you when you're down. He wants to give you something that you can depend on uh, when trouble comes your way. He wants to give you something uh, that you can go to uh, when everything else falters. He wants to give you something that you can call your base. Stickability. The power. The ability to stick it out when things come against you. The story that we read today, I, I, I shorten it because I really feel like reaching for somebody right here. Um, but it's a story. You go back and read it. Uh, of, of the church and uh, the, the people of Israel and how things were going well. They were having revival. Man, they were swinging from the chandeliers. If you'll read a couple chapters ahead and it seemed like everything the devil tried to do to them, God turned it around for good and got to the point to where the enemy was mad at his own people and said, somebody in here is a snitch. Somebody's telling them anytime that we want to go and get them, we can't because somebody's snitching. And there was a smart man that said, no, they just got a preacher over there. They just got a preacher and he's praying. And every time you try to get close to him, God warns him and he warns them. Aren't you thankful for the man of God? Watchmen, watchmen, what of the night? Oh, you ought to thank God for your man of God right now. And so things are going great and, and, and revival and they're testifying how God is making a way out of no way. Everything they're touching is turning to gold and testifying about the goodness of God and how God's blessing them. And there's miracle after miracle and nothing's going to separate them. They're standing up and they're testifying and giving God the glory because the blessings are just overflowing. My cup runneth over. But then came the famine. Then came the famine and the besiege. And these same people that was having revival started having problems. These same people that was just testifying how nothing shall separate them from the love of God found themselves in a situation that just got worse and worse and worse. They found themselves in a situation where prayer didn't seem to be the answer. They found themselves in a place where it didn't matter how much they prayed or how much they sacrificed or how much they, they, they talked to God. It just seemed like God wasn't hearing their prayers. Have you ever been there before? And it got to the place where there was a famine. And, and not only that, but the enemy. The enemy came at them with everything he had. The Bible says that he besieged the city. And so here they are. They are in a famine. And they're in a situation to where the enemy is pulling everything he's got out and giving them everything he's got. The Bible says that they besieged the city. In other words, they were waiting on them to open the gates. I want you to hear me right now. They were waiting on them to surrender. They understood that they were having some problems on the inside. The enemy understood that things just weren't going the way they wanted them to go. 
And, and they understood that it was just a matter of times where they give up and open the gates and allow the enemy to come in and destroy their base. Bible says that this messenger was sent from the king, went to the man of God. He began to blame the man of God, the same man that prayed the prayer of faith over him, the same man, the same man that was in the trenches with him. He went to him and he said, why should I wait on God any longer? I'm being besieged. I'm in a situation where it just doesn't seem like anything is going to come out of this. It just seems like all I'm getting is bad news. It seems like I can't shake this depression. I can't shake this doubt. I can't shake this fear. I, I can't shake these emotions. It just seems like God's forgotten me. What, am, what, what, what have I done? Have you ever felt that way where, where it just seemed like you, 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 you was just... A, a, a hopeless cause. It just seemed like God wasn't nowhere to be found and, and you, just, you just was getting frustrated with everything that you was going through and you, you didn't know the answer and it seemed like the man of God didn't know the answer and you would come and you would pray at the altar and it seemed like nothing would happen and you would go home and you would think about it and worry but it just seemed like God was a million miles away and you get frustrated and you get tired of it, Pastor Bradford, and you, you, you just want to throw in the towel because it just, it's just so overwhelming. This is how this young man was. He just didn't understand what was going on in his life. And so he asked the man of God, why should I keep on doing what I'm doing? Why should I keep on coming to church? What do you mean lift up my hands and praise the Lord? Do you understand what I'm facing? What do you mean pay my tithe and offering? Do you know what I'm going through? Do you know how much money I'm losing every day? Do you see my situation and you're telling me to trust in God preacher sometimes we don't have the answer sometimes all we can say is keep on coming to church sometimes all we can say is hey God knows where you at don't give up the fight don't give up the battle oh, help is on the way if you just stay faithful God will see you through uh, sometimes that's the only answer that we can have and we're praying Pastor Bradford and we're wanting God to show us something uh, so that we can give it to them uh, we love them so much but yet they don't see it because of the situation and they're saying, why should I keep on serving God? Why should I keep on coming to church? What do you mean stay faithful? Do you realize what I'm facing, pastor? What do you mean stay committed? What do you, what do you mean uh, stick it out? Do you understand what I'm going through right now? These were the emotions that this young man was feeling. And it got to the point where he didn't care. He went straight to the man of God and he said, why am I going to wait any longer? I'm dying. Do you see what's going on in my life? Do you see what's happening in my situation? And you're telling me just to hold out? And all the man of God could do was tell him to stick it out. Stick it out. I want to tell somebody in this house today. I don't know what you're facing, but I know what I felt when I prayed. And I'm skipping a lot. Please forgive me. I'm skipping a lot. I'm probably ruining this message. But I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Some of you are struggling right now. And you're up against it. And the devil's telling you, just throw in the towel. The devil's telling you, it's not worth it anymore. Some of you are, are facing some things and the devil is telling you, it'd be better if you just backslid and walked away from church. Man, I know I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. The devil's telling you, that this is not all what it seems like it is. And, and you'll do better if you went somewhere else or you moved somewhere. Man, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. You'll be better if you moved somewhere else or, or done something else, started a new life somewhere. I'm telling you what the word of God is for this service tonight. Stick it out. Stick it out. I don't have all the answers, but I know what God spoke to my heart. If you are hanging there, God's going to see you through. 
If you keep on being faithful, God's going to make a way out of no way. I don't know how, and I don't know when, but you hear this preacher tonight. God sees what you're facing. He knows what you're going through. And I know sometimes it gets hard. And sometimes you just want to throw in a towel. But if you'll keep those gates closed and say, devil, I refuse to surrender. I may be going through a famine on the inside. And the devil's besieging me on the outside. But I refuse to open the gates to my heart and allow you to destroy my life. If you will stick it out, God will see you through. Listen, I don't know what you're facing as we all stand. I don't know what you're going through, but I know what the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And I may just be reaching for two or three. I don't know, but I know one thing. Some of you are ready to throw open the gates and allow the devil to destroy everything that you've worked for. Please hear me today. If you will hang in there, God's going to make a way. If you will stay faithful, God's going to see you through. Some of you need to take out a pen right now and write it down. The man of God told me that if I'll stay faithful, God's going to make a way. I I don't know what else to tell you but what God put on my heart today. As we all stand, stick it out. Stick it out. If Israel had opened the gates, they would have been destroyed. Everything that they had worked for their image, their reputation, their children, their families. If they had opened the gates, they would have lost it all. But although they were going through a famine, and although it seemed like they were hopeless, they refused to open the gates. They stayed with their base. They stuck it out in the hard times. Although everything was going against them and it seemed like uh, that there was nothing good going to come out of their situation. They just made up in their minds that they wasn't going to open the gates uh, for the adversary to come in there and take everything that God had given them. I'm telling you the devil's after your families. Uh, He's after your relationships. He wants to take some of you and throw you to the wolves. Uh, Please keep the gate closed. Stickability, the ability to stick it out. When the elements are trying to pull you from your base. Why should I wait on God any longer? Because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If I just hang in there, if I just keep coming to church, if I just keep on worshiping, if I just keep on praising. I know I'm going through a famine right now and it seems like everything that hell has, he's throwing it against me right now. But I'm not opening the gates to my heart. I refuse to let the devil steal and take me away from my base. I'm gonna wait on God. I'm going to wait on God. There's some of you that God has given you a promise. And the devil's done everything he could to steal that promise away from you. There are some young people in here that the devil's lying to you and telling you that it's never going to happen. And that you're never going to be what God called you to be. You've messed up too many times. 
you fail too many times you just can't get it right you hear this preacher tonight God is telling you if you will stay in the base keep those gates closed don't throw in the towel don't give up the battle there is going to come rain one day God will see you through this famine God's going to see you through this trial young person you feel like nobody knows or understands where you are I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost God does I'm going to stick it out pastor God I refuse to backslide I refuse to open up my gates to depression, to doubt, to fear, to unbelief. I refuse to give in to those lies and tell me it's never going to work out. I know you're going to see me through, God. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. <laughs> the rain is coming, young person. The rain is coming, brother. The rain is coming, sister. You just stick it out.